Dear listeners, we have a quick procrastinating announcement. We have a new email address, procrastinatingpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send us comments, questions, your great-grandmother's favorite cookie recipe you'd like us to try, anything your heart desires. And now, on with the show. Procrastinating, a term most often used by the millennial generation, is a method of putting something off, delaying, or postponing something by taking part in the act of baking. Procrastinating, a place to talk about our baking obsessions and avoid doing everything else. Coming to you from Southern California, I'm Louisa. And from Eastern North Carolina, I'm Rachel. Listeners, we want to take a minute to share an exciting announcement with you. We're not updating our email address again. Um, we've started a Facebook group for you and us to hang out together. It's Procrastinating Podcast listeners. There you'll find Q&As, bloopers, and opportunities to be featured on the show and possibly even bake with us virtually. So be sure to join Procrastinating Podcast Listeners Facebook group. Lovely. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. We are now apart again, sadly, but we'll never really be apart because we'll be friends forever. <laughs> I just really <laughs> I just really enjoyed being um, together physically for our finale, our season three finale. So a little bit it's really special yeah there's a whole different vibe going on when we're actually in the same room so. right it makes I agree. um so let's chat we are in a brand new season we have maybe done some non-podcast related baking um and maybe some life updates so what is going on with you yeah so hearkening back to season one um i have some sweets and some lows <laughs> to share um I had my baking crew, my teenagers that come and bake with me once a month over and we made cinnamon rolls with the Pioneer Woman's recipe and makes enough cinnamon rolls to feed an army. So use that recipe, but be prepared to either feed an army or freeze them. <laughs> we, and I knew this, but I just got caught up in the moment and I didn't correct them when, when we did it. We overcrowded our pans and so our cinnamon rolls didn't rise as much. Oh. They still tasted good. They just weren't as fluffy, I guess, as they could have been. Yeah. Um, and we used a different icing because the Pioneer Woman uses a maple coffee icing. And while the girls um, like coffee, I don't. So I had already picked that we were going to make a different icing. Um, and it was fantastic. I don't have the name of it in front of me, but it was a cream cheese frosting. But it was one of the better cream cheese frostings I've ever had. It's it's bookmarked in my phone. And so I'll get it for the show notes. Um, but it was so good. Ooh, so that, that was so nice. nice. Yeah. I want to talk about the maple coffee frosting icing. I, I do not like the sound of that. And I like coffee, but I don't know why. That just doesn't sound like something I want on my cinnamon rolls. Well, I think it's it's too far away from the classic, I think. Um, yeah. Because cinnamon roll doesn't have maple or coffee in it usually. So right. I think, mm. it, yeah, it's just too far of a departure. Yeah. Either way, good call on finding a backup icing recipe. and I'm the girls seem to have had a really good time baking with you this is what maybe the third time you've done something with them yeah I think so and then um we haven't picked a date yet for this month but we're going to do a clear so we've nailed down the lace that we're going to make so great 
that's fun. The clams are really fun. I think I've only made them one time, but they're good. I think that's a good one to do like as a group. Yeah. They're each going to pick, I think like a filling flavor. So that'll be good. Cool. Very good. And what else is going on? If anything else? My nephew is coming this week, so I am looking forward. He likes to bake, and he's got a big sweet tooth, so I'm looking forward to figuring out what it is he wants to make. Um, We'll probably do that. Um, I'm secretly hoping it will align with something we're making for the podcast, but if not, that's okay. We'll just have tons of sweet things in the house this week because I'm planning to do two other podcast makes this week. So, Wow. We shall see. You're diving in. Um, I'm very impressed. Well, and then we both went to Bake Fest, which is um, our virtual – baking conference would you say yeah conferences it's weird it's not exactly a conference but that's probably the closest word I can think of convention I don't know it's like hands-on classes people talking about baking science baking business related topics um it's hosted by cupcake the lady from cupcake project um my memory's not good enough to tell you her actual name but you guys probably know who I'm talking about I had I took two classes live one was a disaster we're not gonna talk about it (laughs) (laughs) and the other one I mean at least it tasted good that's true to our Rachel um, you can't you can't tease it you have to talk about it now like also by the way I'm just not equipped for this decorating thing um (laughs) my biggest mistake other than being myself and not having a a super high level of coordination was not preparing (laughs) in my freezer for this that didn't warn you that you were going to need to stick the whole three or four layer cake in the freezer because a lot of the technique based it around you know do the crumb coat freeze it and then do some of the like leveling off with the frozen cake so I was working with a rather warm cake trying to do these things and it just didn't work Um, the cake was kind of slipping and sliding around but it was an oreo flavored cake so that was good yeah and also maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more because I also I did one live class for bake fest but something that I noticed is the well, obviously the person that was teaching the course has way more experience and had more equipment than I did. And so going back to the fact that you didn't have freezer space, I imagine maybe the person teaching the class had a dedicated additional freezer or, you know what I mean? If you're doing this, like to this level, you would have yeah, um, I totally I now need an extra freezer. Well, I say this to make you feel less bad. Like, of course, not everyone's going to have like, I definitely don't have space in my freezer um, and nor do I have an extra freezer. So it's hard when some of these bakes require things that you just wouldn't have access to. But your cake looked, it still looked really good. We'll have to Yeah, I got a lot of compliments on it at work, both for the way it looked and for the way it tasted. I I ended up just covering the top of it with Oreos. (laughs) People like that effect. (laughs) Like, it's like it's erupting Oreos. It's like, there you go. That's totally what I was going for. I love that. Volcano Oreo cake. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a win to me. But let's talk about the other, you like the other one a lot, the chocolate one. Yes. So um, again, real name, I'm not sure, but she goes by Colorado Cocoa Pod is her business name. Um, she moved at a slower pace than the first class. Um, and she taught us how to make custom chocolate bars, which was so much fun. We made, um, had Oreos, which was good. So we made the Oreo chocolate bar. We made um, a swirl chocolate bar. And then we made a, like, pick your own. She listed some things you could kind of mix and match. And then we made their own, like, signature taco bar. And those Ooh. turned out so nice. I was so happy with them. They are um, beautiful. I think they look 
really lovely. And well, that's what everybody's getting for Christmas now. <laughs> it's custom jungle bars. No one will complain. It's so, ex- they're so beautiful. Um, I know you posted the picture on our, on our Instagram and our Facebook. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably on my personal Facebook, um, okay. but definitely on our, our Instagram. Yeah. You did great. They look beautiful. Yeah. It, it sounded like it was a really good informative class that you took. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. And she's got me hooked on chocolate making for sure. <laughs> now, where did you get the molds for your chocolate bars? Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, I think, so I think way back when I made the bonbons, I ordered um, from Bake Deco, I'm pretty sure. And I like them, but um, I needed something to get here really quickly. So I got silicone molds from Amazon. Cool. You know what? I get most of my baking stuff from Amazon and I've had really good turnout. Like I got my Nordicware um, cookie sheets from oh, nice. there. Yeah. And I, I feel like you can get lots of good baking equipment on there. Maybe we should do like our favorites lists because. Um, That's a great idea. Right. Stay that tuned. Could be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. We'll work on that. Um, Cause sometimes my friends ask what my favorite, this or that, like um, using the silly pads, for example, is it silly pads? Silly pads. Silly. I think like it's they're silly <laughs> How funny. Yeah. Or just the, the cookie sheets is another one that I've been asked before. So maybe between oh, the two yeah. of us, we could come up with just some, you know, things we've enjoyed from trial and error. That's a good idea. We can do that. Yeah. So tell us about the live class you went to. Okay. So I went to a buttercream cupcake decorating class, which was taught by Monica Landis, um, who is- Look at that. She's got a real name. <laughs> I know I had to go look because I, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm going to talk about her. And I don't remember who taught the class. So Monica Landis is her name. She is a cupcake artist. And I've looked at her Instagram and you guys should totally check it out. Let me see if I can put her handle at Montezu Landis. And it is just filled with beautiful piped decorated cupcakes. Um, I enjoyed the class. It was pretty fast paced. So I found myself, I remember talking to you, Rachel, after I felt like Lucy eating all those chocolates <laughs> off of the yes. conveyor That's belt. That's how I found my cake class too. Yeah. It was maybe a bit too fast paced for me. I did give feedback on the session and that was really the only maybe downside to it. I just felt like with the 11 cupcakes that we were decorating, I, it was just too chaotic trying to go in between the the piping bags and getting the tip switched out. And I also don't have, going back to the materials, I don't have extras or I have like a basic piping kit from Wilton. I don't have anything extra. So sometimes I had to improvise because I didn't have the exact tip or the tip that I had used was already in another piping bag and I couldn't switch it out very easily. So, but I will say, I feel like she gave really good accessible strategies for how to decorate in different ways and they really weren't that complicated it's just you know thinking out of the box so I'm not a very experienced decorator with piping tips but she made me feel like I could make something really cute to take to a party or to an event your cupcakes were really cute thanks I had a really good time decorating um and she just gave different alternatives you know um with not only with the the tips to use, but the little sprinkles and pearls that you can buy. She mm. gave information on where she buys them and what colors kind of complement each other. Um, 
yeah. And I thought it was really good. She had lots of really cool tips. So I enjoyed it. I almost didn't want to eat the cupcakes after I decorated them (laughs) because they did look really cute. Yeah. So that was the one live class I did. I'm looking forward to going back because they've just released the recorded sessions and doing the, the pie art. That Ooh, you totally should. Your pies are always awesome. Thanks. I, yeah, I really want to get more creative with pie art. And then there was one more. I can't remember now though. It was probably the cake one. I think our, one of our goals for this season is to focus more on the decorating aspect. So I think one of the sessions that looked good was a, a decorating cakes, which I definitely want and need more help with. So um, that one might be good. Was there anything that you saw, Rachel, that was uh, a session that was pre-recorded now that you'll go back to? Um, there's another chocolate session that now that I've done the one, I really want to do the other one. Um, and then last year I watched the class on ratios and there seems to be another class on ratios and I I know I've already watched it, (laughs) but I think it's a different person. So I'm hoping we have a little bit more insight or like a different way of explaining it, that it like sticks in my brain better. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to that. Um, last time, I think I like spent my lunch breaks, just listening to all the ones that weren't like, like the bakery business or baking science. Like I just listened to them on my lunch break. Okay. Um, So I might do that again. Yeah, there was one that I started watching that maybe it would be good to revisit too was a cake fails session. And she was going into very specific detail about different things that could cause your your cake to not look as pretty or hold up as well. And she mentioned, um, what is it called? Cake goop, which I had never heard about before, but it's like a, a mixture of butter and shortening and something else to ensure that your cakes will release well from the pan. I need some of that then. (laughs) I need that too, because remember with our bunt pans, that's like bunt cakes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a recipe from sugar geek show that everyone in the chat was dropping in when she was talking about, you know, needing something to help release the cake better. So that is my down the road project is look into this cake coop recipe and see what all the hype is about because people really loved it. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think it's a really good baking con, I guess, to attend. It it has a lot of really cool sessions. I feel like it was worth it. Yeah, Um, I think so too. And then I'm trying to think of what else I've done baking. I haven't done too, too much other than making, um, those better than a boyfriend brownies. I mentioned these maybe in season one or two. And I made them for a going away party for some friends and they're still, they're still fan favorites, which is always nice to hear. Um, I made these for a Halloween party a few years ago. And so when I brought them, they were like, here are the Halloween brownies. They made their appearance. <laughs> they're so famous. That's, that's their nickname, Halloween brownies. The only other thing I wanted to tell you, Rachel, is my brother came to visit for a week in between, um, his work assignments and he showed up like craving chocolate chip cookies which is very odd because he's not he doesn't really eat sweets he's pretty like health conscious (laughs) so he showed up and just was like I really want chocolate chip cookies and I did not have all the ingredients on hand so I said tomorrow I'll go and get them and I'll make them 
but it was the weirdest thing. It was like every day we would talk about it. Like, oh, I could really eat chocolate chip cookies. And then no one had the energy to get up and actually make them <laughs> except me. And so then because we didn't satisfy our sweet tooth, we just started thinking about other things we'd like to eat, like donuts or cheesecake. And then on the very last day he was here, we went to IHOP because I was like, after all these days, just not eating anything and no one, I don't know why we were just so like wrapped up in other things or I would, it would be like 11 PM. And that's when everybody wanted chocolate chip cookies. I just couldn't get the energy. Up <laughs> yeah. 11, 11 PM is too late to start. Yeah. So they are the chocolate chip cookies that never were. They just, but you know what? I have the ingredients now. So if the craving. Well, now you have to make the dough and put them in your freezer, though not the extra freezer, but the regular freezer. <laughs> not my and, extra um, freezer. Next time he comes, you can just pop them in the oven. There you go. That's what I need to do. They always say, who, who told me this? Was it you? That when you're making cookie dough, always make double the batch. Like you're never going to. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, it might have been me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are a wise one. So I think it was you. I'm attributing it to you. <laughs> um. I won't dispute it. That sounds like something I might have said. <laughs> and I just want to give one shout out. We got a comment on our Facebook page the other day that we have a new listener named Julia. As she's recently discovered our podcast and is looking forward um, to both new episodes and revisiting the past episodes to get caught up. Um, so we're excited to continue our baking journey with her and the rest of procrastination, guys. So um, let us know what you like and don't like on Facebook, comment, and um, maybe you'll get a shout out. Oh, that's sweet. Welcome, Juliet. I love when new listeners pop in. Um, it's always so exciting to know that someone out there is enjoying the content. <laughs> that we're not <laughs> just laughing at ourselves. <laughs> Someone's listening. Um, Louisa, in true procrastinate baking fashion, I thought um, an appropriate season one first segment would be a round of procrastinate baking pop quiz. Are you yes. up for that? I'm always up for that. What else? This is like our our bread and butter, right? Yes. We like okay. to seize upon unsuspecting people and ask them questions. <laughs> we like to just, yeah, stop, <laughs> literally stop strangers in the street and say, Quick. we should do that next time we're together and we can get their permission on a little form and <laughs> use it. <laughs> I love it. The, all the questions will be very specific baking questions though. Like, yes. <laughs> At what temperature do you make cream puffs? <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let's let's just alternate. Uh, first question okay. is, what was your favorite bite from spring break when we were together? Oh my goodness, we ate so many things during spring break. Um, okay, I think it's a tie between the that slice of pie that we ate at Red Publique, which was like a passion fruit Ooh, mango. mango. Uh huh, that's what it was, mango. And I for, now I've forgotten what else, but. That pie was so good. Um, oh, I think it was cream. I think it was a mango passion fruit cream pie. There you go. And I don't know, a close second, I guess, would be those, um, oh, what are they called? Tequeños, the tequeños that we had Ooh, in the bar. Yeah, chocolate. those were good. They're like the fried cheese, um, cheese straws, cheese sticks. But I especially love them after I had them with the guava. Dipping. Yeah, 
sauce. So that with the guava was amazing. Yes. Okay, Rachel, what is your favorite summertime sweet? Peach cobbler. Peach cobbler. It's just so juicy. And so like, to me, peaches are like the epitome of summer. They're like sweet. They're uh, fresh. And they're also like got a little bit of like a floralness going on. Like, you know, you smell like honeysuckle or something in there. Yeah. So peach cobbler is it for me. Is it with a dollop of ice cream or either way? Ooh, either way. But yeah, if it's like hot out the oven with a little bit of ice cream, that's like perfect when the ice cream's like melting (laughs) just a little bit. Agreed. Um, Lou, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? You know, I'm a pretty, maybe this is boring, but I love a good like salted caramel flavor. Um, My favorite that I've ever had is from Salt and Straw, which is, I think it's an ice cream chain that originated in Seattle, but now there are several locations here and that is just like my go-to flavor. It's amazing. Okay, let's see. Oh, this is very, okay, Rachel, very timely for summer, warmer months. Your favorite no-bake dessert. Ooh, hmm. I really like making ice cream. I think the combinations are really fun. But the one I probably make most frequently is those peanut butter no-bake cookies that's got oatmeal in it um, uh, because Mike loves those. And I can split the dough and make half of them chocolate for me and half peanut butter for him. And they're really quick and easy. Good. Everybody wins. Get their favorite. Yeah. Favorite. Plus, since Mike is so picky with desserts, I, I feel like once you find something that works right, you're like, <laughs> this yeah. is Yeah. And he doesn't favorite. always get a sweet tooth, but when he does, I'm like, okay, this doesn't take that long. I can make these. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite bake from last season? Ooh, this is a tough one. Hmm. I don't know. One of the things that I really enjoyed was the Basque cheesecake. That was one of the that later was so things cool. That we made. Yeah, I, I think it was just um so different and visually so striking than other things that I had made. So um, and now I'm seeing them everywhere. They're like on my Instagram feed. And I saw that a restaurant that we went to was featuring one of those as their like a uh, special dessert. So it's nice. cool to have made it and then see it just crop up everywhere else. I really, and the flavor was really good. Okay. I want to ask you this one too, though. What was your favorite from last season? Ooh. Um, hmm. It's yeah, it's hard. I feel like, you know, it's really hard because I, I just totally blanked on all the things you've made. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but you know what? I also really like making the babka from last season for me. Uh, uh, not the babka. Sorry. The, um, the, oh my God, why am I blanking? Because I blanked. So now we're all blanking. Oh no. The hala. I really enjoyed making the hala from last season. Yes. That's, uh-huh. and that reminds me, I think the milk bread was really cool. I made that swirled um, chocolate milk bread and that was really neat and really delicious. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I remember you really enjoying that one. Ooh, what are you most looking forward to this season? Back in the year again. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That, I mean, that's close, but my accent is terrible. I still got my <laughs> southern draw when I'm trying to speak German. Um, but I, I mean, I just, thought German, German, Jürgen was so cute and his cakes and desserts were so fantastic. Um, so I'm excited to explore a little bit of the bakes. Um, they have some really interesting stuff going on over there. So 
um, I'm excited to give it a try. Yeah, I'm super excited about the German baking. And I'm also looking forward to like our Latin American dive, deep dive. Yes. Um, I've been seeing lots of really cool stuff that I never would have thought to look for. But I think it helps when we get in this mindset of narrowing in on a specific type of baking or region of baking. Um, you get to just focus more time into learning more about the differences between even like with Germany, you know, like Northern versus Southern and yeah. different cities, like more urban and rural. So the same thing with the Latin American stuff. Um, just, yeah, getting more detail specific. I'm excited for that too. So yeah, our spin this year on, I guess, bake around the world is um, we're going to two different places and really, or well, area, well a place in a region <laughs> and just kind of uh, trying to focus in a little bit more on those bakes. What is in your smoothie that you're drinking? You're like extra. <laughs> you're like extra energetic today. <laughs> but I like it. It's a good vibe to have for our first episode of the first. Of Maybe that's it. I'm just excited for the you're first just episode. Excited. <laughs> There's excitement pumping through my veins. It's so funny. Sometimes we get a little stir crazy in the kitchen and take a break from behind our ovens to explore what local bakeries have to offer. In today's episode, we visit Lodge Bakery. Rachel, tell us a little bit about the bakery and then we can talk about what we tried and what our opinions are. So this bakery opened in 2015 and they specialize in whole grain sourdough bread and they also mill their own flour. Ooh, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, and they have two locations, right? Yes. Yes. The one that we tried is the one closer to where I live. Um, but there is another one in West LA, I believe. Yeah. I said their, they said their West location has pizza, I think. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So I imagine that one's bigger. Um, okay. So this was actually the first bakery that we tried after you arrived here in yes. LA. Yeah. Um, and why don't we talk about what we ordered? So we had, like, was it brunch maybe? Yes. <laughs> brunch there and dessert. And we had, a, I really liked the breakfast sandwich we got. I don't remember what they called it, but it was like bacon on a bun with arugula. With egg. An egg, yeah. Uh-huh. And we got, um, was there something else in it? Cheese? It had cheese on it, yeah. Maybe pepper jack or something? Yeah, that was really good. Then we also both had the chai yes. lattes, which that was very good. I really enjoy. I think... Um, the chai flavor is really strong, yes. which I like. Yeah. I have a hard time finding good chai. Yeah. yeah. And we got them iced. I've had them both hot and iced, and they're good both ways. And we also tried a cookie. The miso chocolate chip. Yes, which is interesting because um, miso seems super trendy. Yeah. Yes. Like, it was on Great British Bake Off. Christelle used it a lot. Yes. Um, I don't think I've ever had it in a baked good, so this was my first time trying Same. it. And the cookie was good, but I think you and I both felt like the miso didn't really come through. It didn't contribute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had like a salty, a sweet and salty profile, but I didn't really get a lot of miso. No, and it was like flaky sea salt on the cookie, so mm -hmm. the salt could have just been coming from that. Yeah, for sure. And it was like, I read a lot about 
your baked goods should be more caramelized than what people think, like more brown. But with cookies, that means they get harder. Yeah. And I usually like like a softer cookie. I agree. I like a more, like a chewier cookie. Um, and this one was on the crunchier side. I will say I've had other things from there. I had their, I think it's their ginger molasses cookie. And that one was, I remember it being a little bit softer. Yeah. Yeah. I think ginger cookies tend to be unless they're like thin. Yeah. And I've tried their sourdough cinnamon roll, which is ginormous. It's huge. We were able to eat it uh, between three people and there were still leftovers, <laughs> um, which I thought was good. Uh, I think I remember it being a little bit on the drier side, but The overall, frosting was odd. Do I remember that? Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. It was like a thinner consistency. And what else? The bread pudding. The bread pudding. Yes. I've had their bread pudding before, which I thought was really good. So overall, I think we liked it. Yeah, I want yeah. to go back. I really liked the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sandwich was good, and um, maybe we'll have to sneak in another. I keep trying to sneak in extra visits. Oh, so go get some more chai. It'll be like a bookend, <laughs> yeah, on your last day. <laughs> that sounds good. Cool. Inspired by GBBO contestant Jürgen Krauss, we are spending this season exploring German bakes. In today's Bakken mit Jürgen, we are learning more about Franz Braten, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. Each segment of Bakken mit Jürgen has to contain a little Jürgen, right? This is so funny. Every time we do this, you're going to have to say Bakken mit Jürgen. And I fully expect... <laughs> Your pronunciation to improve us. Is it going to get better or worse? <laughs> oh, it's for sure going to change somehow. I don't know in what direction, but <laughs> I think maybe it's really we'll cute. get Raul to do a German accent and say it, and, and I'll go for this segment of, and we'll have him. <laughs> yeah, we'll just Bakken pop it in. Bakken mit Jürgen. Um, I love it. I love Jürgen, and I love. German bakes, I think. I have to learn more about them. I really haven't had too many besides some cookies that our host, our exchange student, um, Ooh, brought with him yeah, when he stayed right. with I forgot family. you've had one from Germany. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So we have a Jurgen fun fact trivia question. Are you ready? Y yes. I hope I know. <laughs> Name <laughs> one instrument that Jurgen plays. Oh, no. I don't. He plays more than one instrument, apparently. Um, I feel like he does. <laughs> so I'm not totally sure, but I know one he talked about on the show. Oh my gosh. And I don't remember at all, of course. Okay, let me think. What would Jurgen play? Does he play like the flute? He plays the trombone for sure. The oh. flute, I don't know. We'll have to ask him. We will have to ask him when he comes on our show. Okay, so. Is there going to be a Jurgen fact or a trivia question every every time we do our German segment? Because hopefully, if so. so, I will <laughs> get some of them correct. <laughs> well, like, I don't have any questions in mind. Um, this is the only one I thought of. So hopefully, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, so let's talk about what we made for our first installment of German pastries, aka. Bocking with your Jurgen. Did I say it? Bocking. Back in um, mit Jürgen. I think it's Bakken. Bakken mit Jurgen. Yeah. I think. Okay. So you and I both made a dessert called Franz Brockton. 
which is a cinnamon pastry made with a laminated yeast dough called Danish pastry dough. And as legend has it, when Hamburg was occupied by the French in the early 1800s, French soldiers would go to the local bakeries and demand French baked goods. And the Germans would pretend to not understand what they were asking for and accidentally prepared croissant-like pastries with cinnamon sugar fillings. I find that very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. It's a good, a good way of protesting, right? <laughs> yes, I love it. Protest through baking. So you and I both made, I hope I'm saying it correctly, Franz, Franz Brockchen? Franz Brockchen? You know, I had the internet pronounce it for me a couple times and I still am not totally sure how to say it okay I hope we have some listeners fluent in German that would we're open to corrections and advice yes if you want to come on the show and pronounce every German bake that we we can give you a list (laughs) yeah I would love to improve my that's my personal goal let me hope that my pronunciation gets better by the end too Franz Brockton um okay so let's talk about what we made I can talk about mine and then we'll hear go for it yeah Okay, so I found a recipe on a blog that did a really good history of Franz Brockton and where you would find it. So it sounds like it's traditionally Northern Germany. You can find it in lots of Northern German cities. And mine had a little bit of a twist, actually a couple of twists. So like we mentioned before, the dough that you're using is similar to puff pastry but it has yeast in it and I also read that it has a higher fat content than puff pastry does Mm. now what is similar it seems like traditionally you are doing the lamination process where you're you know cutting up the butter and folding the dough and rolling it out and then doing it again but my girl my my person that I got the recipe from um (laughs) Her personal my, German chef. My personal <laughs> German chef slash blogger. Um, I like her. She was like, we don't have time for this. We're just going to put the butter in the filling and it's going to be fine. She was very confident about it. Nice. Um, because I like that's, I do. I like her too. She was very no nonsense. And she said, it's going to be fine. It'll be good. And the other thing that she added, which I really enjoyed is that, okay, traditionally you are doing, you know, this yeasted dough and the filling is, sugar and cinnamon but she said why not just throw some chocolate in there because why not and so she tossed in some chopped up chocolate and I had some lying around so I did the same and it was so good I feel like you know just like regular cinnamon roll recipes there was some waiting time where you're waiting for things to rise but the dough itself wasn't hard to work with Um, It came together pretty well. It was easy to roll up. It was easy to cut. What I find interesting about these is the fact that you're doing that, what do you call it? You're like pushing in like a a chopstick into the, once you cut up the individual rolls. Yeah, my recipe called it a butterfly shape. Oh yeah, that's a good way to describe it. So you're kind of like prompting the filling to ooze out a little bit, which I thought was interesting, but it looks, I like the way it looks after it's been baked. And she had me do a couple of things too that I thought were really helpful. One, I don't know if maybe you know more of the science behind this, Rachel, but she had me put a pan of water, of boiling water on the bottom rack of my oven. Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, you too. So what is that? Is that just to keep like moisture to keep I it think moist? So. I think it like yeah. creates a little steam and it, I don't, I don't know the science behind it, but yeah, I think that the steam and the helps something with the baking. I don't know what it does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And then the other thing she had me do was open the oven about halfway through the baking time. And of course, like the butter that had been cut up, um, for my filling had already oozed out of the sides and she had me mm. use the pastry brush and then like just scoop it up and put it on top, like just um, smother the tops of the Franz Brockton with the, the butter, that okay. oozed out, which gave it like a nice added, I don't know, crispy quality to the top of it. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I would totally make these again. They were easy. They were fun. I highly recommend with the chocolate. It was incredible. Can't go wrong. Um, can't go wrong. Another thing that I wanted to mention is that my recipe had me use um, turbinado sugar, oh. which is something that I don't use too, too much, but this sugar, the crystals are like pretty large. So it's very coarse, but I looked it up and it is a partly refined sugar. So it still has some of the molasses flavor from the sugar cane like that hasn't been eliminated completely so it does give you like a nice it's almost like a weird um like a brown sugar inspired kind of sugar if that makes sense um it's really like bigger crystals right oh they're way bigger yeah so I was a little bit nervous using it because they're very very big very coarse um but the flavor it's nice you do get like that brown sugary type of quality to it which I thought was really, really nice. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think this was a great one to start off with. Um, it was cool to learn about the difference between this type of dough. It sounds like this Danish pastry dough is going to make up a lot of the different things that we'll be making, or maybe at least some of them. Um, that's like their go-to type of pastry dough. I also read, I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but I got a little excited. (laughs) I also read (laughs) about, I was looking up just like the basic tenants of German baking. So I found this interview that they completed with um, a baker who wrote a book called Classic German Baking. Have you heard of this book, Rachel? I have not, but it sounds like something I need to add to my library. Yeah, I looked it up. It's really well-reviewed. The author is Luisa Weiss. Maybe I'm biased because she has the same name as me and spells it the exact (laughs) same way. But she wrote this book of just classic German desserts and she was interviewed about it and gave some info about what they're like in general. So she noted that they tend to be less sweet than American desserts um, Mm. because they're not typically eaten after dinner. So our, our style is, you know, you have dinner and then something sweet. Theirs is coffee and a pastry in the afternoon, which is, I'm familiar with that. My mom. (laughs) So um, because it's a standalone, it has to be like hearty, because it's, you know, it's not just it's like your snack time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like its own meal. And she also mm-hmm. noted the importance to you of using the European high fat butter when you can, because it gives ah. you both that richer flavor. Um, and I didn't know this, but apparently European butter is often fermented, which gives it like a more distinct oh flavor than American, but American butter is not fermented. And it's also churned longer than American butter. So it has a higher butter fat content, which means it's richer. 
So I did not know those two things about European butter. I didn't either. I have tasted it. I've baked with it a couple of times. And I like the flavor of it, but I didn't know that I, was why. Yeah, I didn't know either. So now I'm knowing that this is important. I'm going to try my best to, when I can, use European style butter when we make these because it sounds like it's pretty important. Yeah. So all in all, I enjoyed it and I'm really excited to try other German desserts. But okay, I want to hear how yours went. So I want to make your recipe now because it sounds a good bit more authentic than what I made. Although I found this blog that insisted this was like the recipe. So I somewhat used this recipe because their puff pastry was like a two-day process. And I was like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, so I found another puff pastry that was like a half a day process. I was like, okay, we're going to do that. So I made the puff pastry, just the traditional French puff pastry and made these. I love the shape of it. I thought that was so fun and it was a lot easier to get it than I thought it was going to be. I was like, I'm totally going to mess this up, but it was so simple. I just used the cinnamon and butter filling. Um, I think I put too much in there because also, you know, my lamination wasn't perfect. So some of that oozed out, but there was way more butter <laughs> than there should have been. So some of the filling also <laughs> had oozed out, but overall they were still really good. They kind of reminded me of, um, not croissant like, but like crescent rolls, like the Pillsbury version. Yes, that's a good way to describe them. They're definitely less, to me too, in my opinion, they didn't remind me too, too much of croissants, more crescent for sure. Yeah. And I took them to work and people love them. They, yeah, they wanted them with their coffee and um, they told me they liked them because they were less sweet than a traditional American cinnamon roll because, you know, yeah. they also didn't put like a glaze or anything over them, um, which with this shape you don't really need. But I thought when I was making them, I was like, I'm going to miss the glaze. But I didn't. The flavor was, it was really good. It was buttery. It was light. So I really, I would make these again. And I would even make cinnamon rolls like in this shape just for like a festive occasion. I think that would be fun. Yeah, that could be super fun. That's a, th th a good thing you bring up about it not being sweet because I had Raul, my, my guinea pig taste tester, um, try one. And that's exactly what he said. He said, um, they're definitely not very sweet and, but it worked, you know, they would, there wasn't anything missing. It just, yeah, they were sweet enough to still be yes, a pastry. They were not overly sweet. Yeah, I guess that's another reason why, right? Like going back to if they're having this with coffee as an afternoon snack, you don't want something incredibly overwhelming. <laughs> it can't be too, too sweet. So cool. Okay, so this is also, this is a momentous thing for you too, because this was your very first puff pastry. Experience. Yeah. Um... What did you think? <laughs> I will make it again. I have since watched some videos uh, on Craftsy about different, just different tips and tricks. For example, one thing is she put her butter block in a Ziploc and that helped oh. a quart and that helped her get the right size, the right thickness, and it kept your fingers off of it. So that I think is helpful. Um, she demonstrated like two or three different ways of putting the butter. Like if you put it, you know, straight on or diagonal and like what happens when you do that. And um, so that was cool. I'm going to try it again. I wish though there was a class around here, like an in-person one, because this yeah. is so, I don't know if technical is the right word, but that's the word I'm going to pick. Technical that I feel like you don't really know <laughs> um, if this is what it's supposed to look like when you're rolling it out um, or not. So I think yeah. in-person class would be really helpful. I think you're right. It is incredibly technical. I feel like most germ, I mean, uh, French desserts, they're very technical. So there's not a lot of room for error. And so it would be really helpful for that to be something you could watch someone do in real life 
versus trying to read in between the lines of, of written directions. Sometimes I find yeah. it very, even when there's a video too, that's a bit hard because it's been edited out. So you don't oh, have a good and context. And it's still a video. Like it's hard to compare what's on the video to what's in front of you. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot um, for my German dessert, um, this recipe had me, when I did the turns, it had me also brush it with vanilla. So it said that this um, Franz Braten was traditionally had like a vanilla flavor to it. So, okay, I don't know, but <laughs> I didn't really taste the vanilla. Like, I, I mean, it tastes, I mean, you know, sometimes vanilla is there. You don't really taste it. Sometimes just like the flavor. Yeah. Um, it was not the flavor. I, the cinnamon was still the strongest notes. Gotcha. So I'm not sure if it mattered. Okay. Yeah. Mine didn't call for any vanilla, interestingly enough. But mine also wasn't very traditional either with the addition of the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Still good though. Thank you for listening to this batch of Procrastinating. We hope we've provided some food for thought for your next Procrastinating project. As always, the links and photos discussed in this episode can be found in our show notes. Procrastinate with us on Facebook and Instagram while you wait for our next episode to rise. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Procrastinating Podcast Listeners. We release new episodes first and third Fridays on your favorite platform. Be sure to tune in to the next batch of Procrastinating for our first Beautiful Bakes segment and an exploration of Latin American cookies. Oh, and we'll be answering more of your burning questions, so be sure to get them in. Until next time, stay, stay sweet. This has been Procrastinating. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a good review. You can also subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. You can also subscribe to our RSS feed directly from our website at ProcrastinatingPodcast.com. Also, feel free to follow us and give us your feedback on social media, on Instagram at, at ProcrastinatingPodcast, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash ProcrastinatingPodcast. Procrastinating is hosted and created by Rachel Rhodes and Luisa Gonzalez, produced and edited by Raul Ceballos, theme music by Alex Walker-Smith, and show artwork by Rob Demers. Thank you.